Good morning. Um, I just have a couple quick, exciting um, announcements. Um, we have two new teachers. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that are going to be... Um, uh, we'll introduce them to you. We have Samantha and Haley that will be doing... Haley will be doing elementary class, and Samantha will be doing... We're starting a first and second grade class. So we actually have pre-K, and then we'll have first and second, and then we'll have third through fifth. So I'm so excited. And um, they're going to be kicking off um, officially in a couple weeks, and they're going to be starting a new curriculum. And, um, you know, one thing about as being the house of God and knowing the word of God, it's our job to teach the truth. Would you say amen? And so we live in a world that is pushing agendas and pushing all kinds of craziness upon our children. And so we are actually going to do a curriculum called Who Am I? And this is uh, helping Christian kids navigate through gender identity. And um, the lessons are I'm created in God's image. Yeah, amen. (laughs) I'll let you clap on that. Um, I'm created in God's image. I am a Christian. I am a girl. I am a boy. I am part of a family. And so as parents, if you would like to see the curriculum, um, you're more than welcome to see me um, and my, or Haley has the curriculum as well. And you can thumb through it. It's very good. It's not any crazy, you know, it's not like what they're going to get in the, (laughs) in the crazy world, right? Um, This is just talking about who they are in Christ Jesus that God created in the beginning, Adam and Eve. And so we're just going to present them the truth. But I do want to let that know, you know, as a parent, if you'd like to see me and take a look at the curriculum, you're more than welcome to do that. And, um, secondly, we are going to be starting school, the Bible again, and we're going to do something a little different. Um, I, I wanted a little more teaching time to, for questions, Q and a and stuff for the class. So we're actually going to be switching it to Wednesday nights and we're going to do something kind of fun. And I hope, I hope you guys all like it, but we're going to have a family night. So there's going to be classes for all ages and, um, we're going to be serving dinner at five o'clock. From five to six, you don't have to cook dinner, ladies. This is it, man. Show up at uh, five o'clock. Here we'll be serving dinner, and then at six o'clock we'll be splitting up into our classes. The the adult class will be in here, and we're getting ready to start unit three. So if you haven't ordered your books, you can go ahead. They are in the foyer. You can order them, and we're going to be talking about Noah's Ark. This is going to be exciting because um, there is a lot. There's a lot of physical evidence in the ground uh, that proves the Ark uh, of Noah and um, the Ice Age and just different things, the effects of the fall. So it's going to be a great class. But the last thing I want to say is that if you, I need to create a team of people who would like to um, to prepare the meals on each Friday or on each Wednesday. So like I'm thinking a spaghetti dinner one night, taco one night, barbecue another night. You know, so I need a team. So if you would like to help me, um, you don't have to do it every week, but if you want to take one night, I need a team. Um, there is a sign-up sheet in the back, okay? And it should be a lot of fun. And um, so have a blessed Sunday. God bless you. Oops. <laughs> Come on, we're not done yet. Y'all know better than that. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. A couple more announcements for you guys. Um, coming up this Thursday, we are returning and starting back up with Ladies Bible Study with Miss Linda. That's going to be Thursdays. I've never been, but I've heard something about a bell, so I think you should all pay attention. I don't know what that means, but 
I know it means something. So that's 9 a.m. every Thursday going forward in the Red Room. Uh, so they meet at 9 a.m. They have a great time. Also, next Sunday, we have water baptisms here after service. So the way to register, it's on the Church Center app. So if you go onto your bulletin section, you can find water baptisms right there. In the bottom right corner, there's a register button. That's how you register. That's how you get signed up for water baptism. Very excited that we're going to be doing that next Sunday. Uh, The following weekend, gentlemen, hopefully there will be less of us here because we will be at the men's retreat, which is September 15th through September 17th. Next Sunday is going to be the final day for registration. It's $150 per person. Payment is due at the time of registration. And can we give Greg a shout out for all these amazing graphics that he made? These are really awesome. You know, I tell, um, I tell parents when it comes to youth camp, like, you know, just sign your kids up. They have to go. I'm like, ladies, if you want the house to yourself for a full weekend, just sign your husbands up and then just tell them it's already paid for. And I promise they'll have to go because uh, that's how men work. You know, if you're signed up and it's already paid for, well, we're not letting it go to waste. I'm going, right? Well, that's going to be it for the announcements this morning. And then Pastor Mark will come. HBC Youth will head out. We'll head over to junior high and then Pastor will come. Microphone for a second. We've got one more announcement. One thing's going on. Go ahead. Junior high, you guys can go. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Mr. Bill Rude come on up here. Uh, you know, he, he called me and shared with me many, many months ago about praying for our schools when we had things happen in our nation. So he began to uh, pray and he actually began to do things. He put legs on his prayers in a lot of ways and go into different high schools, different elementaries, different junior highs. And uh, covering school, but he told me how many schools we have in, in San Joaquin County, which is how many is there? F- hundreds. Hundreds. There's actually a little over 300, something like that, schools. Uh, he's covered 50 on his own. And so, praise God, which is amazing. But so we, I'm going to have him pray for all of these schools. We're starting the whole school year. We, I know you started back in August. This is September, but I know that every school has already started. So I'm going to have him pray over that. Amen. Go ahead. <clears throat> Do you remember when school used to start after Labor Day? Yes. Goodness. We, August was our vacation month. We'd go up to Wawona, up in Yosemite, and spend 11 days up there in the river when it was at least tolerable. If we'd have gone before August, you can't get in that river. I was on the <clears throat> McNair campus uh, last week for a volleyball match and just watching all the students and so forth, and the Spirit spoke to me and said, it's taken too long. <laughs> this, you know, going to a campus or driving by or, you know, praying there, uh, it, it's taken too long. We've got to get these students protected. So <clears throat> he said, uh, we need a corporate decree. So this, that's what we're going to do. Now, those 50 that we've taken care of, I've had some help, and it, it's been greatly appreciated. So it hasn't been just me. Amen. But <clears throat> we're a body of believers. Let's decree and declare. Okay. Jesus gave us the power, and he gave us the authority. Yes, he did. Amen. So, as a body of believers, we decree and declare that every student, or excuse me, every school in San Joaquin County have a supernatural hedge of protection around it. Yes, amen. I don't care, elementary, preschool, 
uh, Sunday school, going up to adults, college, everything. Every school is protected by that hedge of protection. Every building there, the playgrounds, the uh, athletic fields, uh, offices, no weapon that's formed against it will will prosper. Every student, every staff member is protected. And we know that we have that authority through our our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're thankful for that, and we praise him for that, and we we stand strong. Now, I I don't want to... If you want to walk on a campus and trod your feet there, that's powerful stuff too. And especially a grand, if you have grandkids or kids Amen. or even Amen. if it's just a neighborhood school, Amen. trod that campus. You know, yes. put your feet Amen. there. And, right. and, and, you know, it doesn't matter if you declare it twice, declare it <laughs> and decree that's it. Right. Be strong. Amen. All right. So we can, we can trust that, uh, that our students now are, are protected. We thank Amen. you. Amen. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know, and I, I thank God when he came and talked because uh, for those of you that don't know, the very first school shooting in America actually happened in Stockton. The very first one in 1992, the Cleveland School. And so, hallelujah, I think we have a right to honor the Lord and take authority over things. Amen. Because we're in this county, we're in this, we're part of this, and we're the church. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. And I love to pray and I love to let God be God in our lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, you know, today's a very special day. It is a special day, not because it's Labor Day weekend, but it's a special day because we're going to be honoring uh, Tracy and Ed and uh, in, in their marriage, and they've been a part of our church, and so it's a big part, and so we thank God for them being here. And, and But you know, as I was praying about all of the things and about this weekend, uh, you know, I thought, well, Lord, we're just going to go ahead and take hold and, and begin to share just a little bit. We might as well take this opportunity t- to talk about how to, uh, our relationships and talk about uh, our lives and, and realize why it's so vitally important that we do these things uh, concerning the gender, concerning marriage, concerning life, because how many you know the world's wanting to make everything crazy and turn everything upside down? I mean, I mean, if you haven't heard that, if you haven't saw that, if you haven't seen that, you've been, you haven't been uh, watching anything or looking at anything, you know. But aren't you glad that we know the truth? Amen. So if you have your Bibles, go to John chapter 2. We're going to talk about the wedding of Canaan. And we're going to talk about why that's so important and why Jesus did. Do you wonder why Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding? Amen. Many times we look at, well, why did he do the, what, what, why did he say this was his very first miracle that he did? And it, of course, the Bible declares that. The Bible declares. So we're going to read this, and I'm going to share with you some things because there's so much in here concerning uh, our lives. And even if you're not married, you're still going to be able to grab a hold of truth of, of what transpires here. Amen? Hallelujah. Because God put a stamp of approval. You know, there's only two things that God, two institutions in, 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 that God put his stamp of, that God started. Number one was the family. Number one was marriage, the family. He got Adam and, and Eve, amen? And he created a family. He said this one. And the second one's the church. And he gave us those two institutions to show us the gospel. He gave us those two institutions to show us the trinity. He gave us those two things to show us how we're supposed to walk out our, this whole life. If we'll understand that, it'll be a blessing to us. Amen? 
And we're just going to share that this morning. So you guys ready to go? Hallelujah. Look at verse, uh, John chapter 2, verse 1 says, The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Canaan in Galilee, and Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no wine. Jesus says, Dear woman, that's not our problem. <laughs> oh boy. I don't know. I didn't ever call my mom a woman. That was not a good idea. But this again, this is the Middle East, this thing. We know what he said, what he was acknowledging. He said, hey, that's not our problem. Jesus replied, he says, my time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for the Jewish ceremonial washing, and each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. And when the jars had been full or filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of the ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. And when the master of the ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over and he said, a host always serves the best wine first. He said, then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Canaan in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Isn't it amazing that at Jesus' time, he brings his disciples, his mother's there, and she says, hey, we don't have the, he goes, what does that have to do with me? What does that have? It's not our problem. But she says, ah, he says, because he says, my time is not yet come. And yet apparently his mom knew his time had come. Amen. Because she didn't bother. She said, whatever he tells you, you do it. That's probably the greatest statement, not the greatest, but it's one of the greatest statements to understand about what we see about the word of God, that whatever Jesus says, how about we do it? Amen. Did you also know that this is the last recorded words of Mary in the New Testament? She doesn't talk, doesn't, you know, there's no other places where she says anything. You know, we know on the cross, Jesus looks down to John and looks down to her and says, hey, behold your mother, my mother beholds your son, but she doesn't say anything. So we have nothing else recorded. The last thing she said, recorded in the Bible was, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's good advice. That's a good thing to have. That's a good thing to take hold of. And Jesus realizes right then, okay, hey, I'm going to do this. He tells them what to do. What an act of faith. But why did he do that in the sense of why was it here? Because God was establishing the understanding of a covenant. Either they're going to enter into a covenant today that's going to be real supernatural. And it is. It's something very supernatural. Amen? God says one plus one equals one. That may cause us problems right there. Okay, but it also causes a great, great thought in our own hearts of how we are with God because when we made a covenant with him, we partook of communion this morning. Amen? And so we made a covenant with him and honoring him that we're remembering his death, his burial, and his resurrection. We're remembering that he sacrificed all of that so that his covenant, that his plan, his purpose for mine and your lives can come to pass. Amen? He gave his all. He gave up everything that he had so that we could receive all of him. Amen? How many you know that's how relationships work? It's 100%, 100%. Sometimes in relationships, though, it's 90-10. <laughs> Sometimes you have to give 90 and the other person's only given 10, but because you honor Jesus, because you're honoring the Lord, you understand that. 
Amen. Now y'all getting nervous now. Like, hey, I don't want to. That's not right. No. One of the biggest things I know, and, and I want to tap in right into the, that phrase that, G, that Mary said, is that whatever he tells you to do, do it. You know, all through the Bible, Jesus, when he's talking to his disciples, he makes this saying. He, he, he makes the, yeah, this saying. He says, these sayings of mine, these sayings of mine, listen, hear. How do you know how we hear determines what we receive? Amen. Jesus said, my time had not yet come, but his mom says, yes, it has. And this was the beginning. This is when it started. This is when everything changed. Everything changed because the Bible says, if you go on down to read, the Bible says that his disciples believed, how did it, because they saw the miracle, they believed, and, and it solidified, this was the first one. It goes on to say that as they continued to go on, then he healed the nobleman's son, which was the second miracle that he did. Of course, John also goes and says, hey, listen, there's so many miracles that Jesus did, it can't even be written in books. So we know of what God's hand is upon us. But one of the biggest keys about us is that we need to understand that words are powerful. Whatever he says to you, do it. Amen? These sayings of mine, when you hear these sayings of mine, blessed are you if you do them. Go with me, if you would, over to Matthew chapter 7. Go to Matthew chapter 7, if you would. And I just want to share, because we, many times we think, well, words don't mean too much. or Words are the most powerful thing you have in your life. If your words are no good, you're no good. Sorry. Did I say that strong enough? You know, hallelujah. Amen. Why is that so vitally important? Because that's what we have. Our words and our actions is what we're going to receive from God. Our words and our actions is what everybody's going to get to see. There are words that are going to be exchanged. There are vows that are given. Amen. The Bible talks about vows. It talks about heartfelt things that we're doing. We're coming into a covenant. And we've come into a covenant with God. And how many of you know God's not breaking his covenant? Amen. I mean, he's faithful to his. What God said, he'll do. In fact, the Bible says that God said he'll hasten his word to perform it. The Bible says he's watching over his word to fulfill it in your life. The key is you get in agreement with him. Thank you for your overwhelming response. No, we got to put some things on our own self, what we're hearing. Because listen, we've got to hold steady in this storm. We've got to know the truth, and we've got to know that we have somebody backing us up. All of the worship that we did today was all about God's never going to let go of you. God's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's always going to be there. He's going to be your protector. Amen. Isn't you glad that he's your protector? If, again, Romans chapter 8 says, if God before you, who can be against you? Amen? He tells us that if we'll listen to what he says and we'll actually do it, now the key is not you can't just listen. You got to do it. He gives us examples. We all know these stories as it would, but Jesus is letting us know this is truth right here. In, in Matthew chapter 7, verse, verse 24, he says this. Um, you know, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is, like a wise, or like a, is wise like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. And though the rains come in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built upon bedrock or it's built, you know, uh, 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 upon, upon solid ground. Amen. He says, but anyone who hears my teachings and does not obey it, it is foolish, uh, foolish like a person who builds a house on a sand. And when the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Amen? 
We know this story, but did you know that it goes down to say here in the next verse when it talks about the crowds were amazed because he taught us one having authority. Do you know what I find? And I just, this has just been my heart's cry, I think this whole year, is getting the church to believe and believe that they're the church, that you actually know the truth, amen, amen? that you actually have the answer, that you're not in confusion. We know where we're going. We know where we came from. Hallelujah. We're not in confusion. We're still doing the same thing we've always done. We're still getting people saved. We're still getting people set free. We're still getting people filled and living their lives. And we're headed toward heaven. Amen. To have a great supper. Hallelujah. And then we're headed to come back with Jesus to rule and reign with him. Amen. We're still doing the same things that we're supposed to be doing. We're not going off course. We know what the Bible says. The world's going to get crazy. They're doing a good job. But we've got to stay steady. You know, we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of this world. Amen. We're citizens of heaven. Amen. But the church has a tendency to get, we've got to watch what we're hearing. You know, you, you know, there's many voices in the earth and none of them without signification, the Bible says, which simply means there's going to be all kinds of voices, all kinds of things. We just got to make sure we're listening to the right voice. Amen. What are we giving heed to? What are we doing? Amen. But it's not only listening, but it's also beginning to do what the word of God, because you, when you hear things, you have a choice to whether you believe them. Amen. Because if you, you say, well, how do I know if I believe that? Well, you act on it. When you hear everything about fear, if you act in fear, you believed it. Amen? If you, you hear something and you act in faith and you want to come against it, you, speak, you take words that you're not. I just believe this. I believe what God says. How, you don't believe what they're saying. You believe what God's saying. Amen? And you always have to replace the enemy's thoughts with God's thoughts. James said this. You've got to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, unless you deceive your own self. Or you're fooling your own self. Amen? Amen. He talks about looking into the written word of God and seeing who you are. Just like we're going to share with your kids. We're going to teach them who they are. So that somebody else can't come in and tell them who they should be. Amen? We, we, we look at these things here and we go, yeah, but hey, you know, this is the, we know that the wise man and the foolish man. Did you know that both of them were sitting in the same church? <laughs> Hearing the same word. They were hearing the same thing. They were hearing these sayings of mine. They were hearing what Jesus was saying. Amen? But one decided to do what Jesus says. He decided to be a doer of the word. So that when the rain came and said, hey, you know what? This is going to happen. This is going to try to dampen what you... Rains come to always try to dampen what you hear. Now, you know, one of the things about it is we don't, we don't stick our heads in the sand about not knowing what's going on around us because we need to know what's going on around us and we need to have a voice, we need to pray, we need to take authority over things, we need to do things uh, like that, okay? So we understand what we're saying. We're not just saying, oh, we're not going to participate in anything. No, we're going to go out and have a voice, a loud voice, okay? We're going to go out and we're going to let God be God in our lives, amen? And we're going to stand for righteousness and stand for truth, but we're not going with, a, with an antagonistic spirit. We're not going out with a fighting spirit. We're just going out saying, no, this is truth. Everything's crazy. We just want to give some sanity to the world. Amen? Amen. See, when the rains come down, all that is is saying, you know, well, I wonder if that's really true. I wonder if what Jesus said is true. I wonder if he really, when he says this about his word, if I can really take him at his word. Can I really take him at his word? 
Amen? You know, it's funny because many times we'll listen and we'll, we'll, we'll actually let somebody else who's in the natural, we'll actually listen to what they say and we'll believe them more than what God says here. It's kind of like the little story about the lady who came to the minister one time and said, hey, I want to ask you something. I want you to pray for me. So well, what do you want to ask me? She said, well, I lost my temper. I screamed at my husband, yelled at him. Now, my husband not saved, but I screamed at him, yelled at him because of something he did. But then I, you know, and I, I asked my husband to forgive me and uh, I've asked, uh, you know, God to forgive me, but I don't feel like God's forgiven me. And the minister said, well, do you feel like your husband forgave me? Well, yeah, because he said he did. I said, well, and the minister said, well, God says that if you, ask, if you confess your sin, God's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Isn't that what he said? This is God's word. God said, so you got your husband's word just because he said it out here. God said it in here. And she said, yeah, but I, want, I, want to, I just want to feel like, he, like God's forgiven me. See, the problem is, is that we have a tendency, we want God to do some extra special things instead of just taking God at his word. Amen. You know, because see, when the floods come and, it, and the winds start to blow, the floods come, that's when doubt and unbelief comes. Like, oh my gosh, is God really in control? Now, is God, does, is, is, is God in control of us? Now, I know we know he's not in control of the world in the sense of what they're doing, but God's still overall, God's got this. You guys know this? God's not up in heaven wringing his hand going, man, I knew they were going to get crazy, but I didn't think they were going to get this crazy. No, the Bible says, he who sits in the heavens laughs. You know, God's having a big laugh about all of us and all the things that are going on. That everybody that's playing, thinking that everything belongs to them. Isn't that funny? All the world's thinking they're trying to jockey for position and it all belongs to God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. All the silver is his, all the gold is his, all the cattle are his, all the ground is his. Amen? It's kind of like the joke where the, you know, the, the, the you know, you know, sorcerers and all that kind of stuff, they're trying to do this thing and, and they want to try to come against God and they want to make things or do things. And God says, hey, okay, so they do stuff, you know, but God owns the earth. So when they want to do something, they say, well, here we go. And they go down to grab the earth. He said, no, no, you got to make your own earth. It's not your earth. It's God's earth. See, as Christians, we, we forget about who we are. And what we have in the sense of what God's doing in our lives. Amen? And so we allow all the things around us to mess us up. How many you know that most of the time the problems we have in life with relationship, with our marriages or with everything else is not uh, uh, something that's internally coming around. It's always from outside voices that are coming in and bringing in dumb things into our lives. We allow something else, something said, something done that messes everything up. And I've, you know, we got to shut the voices off that are within. We got to stop those streams of doubt and unbelief. And see, when the winds blow, that's just people talking. Amen. That's just people t- talking, giving examples of how they failed and how this didn't work or how that didn't work. Amen. I remember talking to, um, you know, a, a, an older minister one time and, and just asking him, said, man, have you ever seen how bad this is today? I mean, gosh, all these things going on. Has it ever been this bad? You know, because he'd been in ministry many, many, many years. He said, well, you know, the devil just comes around with the same thing a lot. He said, but he said this. He said, you know, the wind has blown before, but it's never smelled this bad. <laughs> 
thought that was an excellent saying. The wind has blown before, which means people have, but it's just never smelled this bad. And uh, he's in heaven now, but I think if, if, if he'd be alive today, he'd say, boy, it's just smelling even worse now. You know, there, there are things that are happening. But, you know, one of the things that we have to do, how many of you know that we have to fight the good fight of faith? We also have to fight for what we believe is the right thing to do and hang on to the truths of God's word. And then the Bible tells us, having done all to stand, stand. Yes. Amen? How many know that many times we think, well, if, if, if everything's good, you know, every, if, I'm, if I'm serving God, everything should just be perfect. I shouldn't have any problems. Well, I haven't got there yet. I've been serving God all my life, but I haven't got there yet. You know, there's always an obstacle. There's always some things. But thank God for God's grace and his mercy. Amen? Hallelujah. Because, you know, every time you hear something that's good in the word of God, or every time you hear a scripture, every time you hear the word of God, you have a choice to make. Anytime you hear Jesus' sayings, anything on any subject, no matter what it is, no matter what subject it is, then you have a choice to make. Do I believe it enough to act on it? Amen? Do I believe it enough? I have to make a choice. Do I, do I build my spiritual house on the rock of the word of God? Or do I go, well, I don't know. I don't know. I think it'll be okay over here. I'm not really going to go that far on that truth. I'm going to stay over here on the sand and hope that I can hang on. Amen? Because the enemy is going to rise against you. There's going to be issues. There's going to be things come. But instead of allowing the winds and the rain, hallelujah, to knock you off your foundation, hallelujah, glory to God, you can allow the winds and the rain to firm up your foundation and to show you glory to God. I know that I can stand strong. I can hear what the word of God says. I need to grab a hold of this. Amen? Because we've got to be listening to how we hear. Watch what you're hearing. You know, there's a law of hearing. There's a law of listening. I mean, I get accused of not listening a lot, okay? And it's true. I'm not, you know? And uh, it's kind of like, you know, you just, we just do that. Anyways, I'm not going to go there. I can just plead guilty. You know, there's no sense in not even in, in talking about that. But Paul told us something. And my, my, my heart today is to encourage you and to strengthen you to know that, listen, God's given us so many things that we can look at and we can see it. And God's desire for us is to stand strong. We don't have to succumb to the enemy. No matter how crazy it gets out there, no matter what's going on out there, amen, we've got to stay true to the word of God and God will see us through. He's never going to let us go. He's never not going to be there. He's always going to be there. He's always going to be with us. Amen. I want you to go to Philippians chapter four, if you would with me, because I want to share with you some things about how to stand. Standing, but, but, and standing has to do with your thinking. See, there's always the law of hearing, but there's also the law of action and reaction. You say law, yeah, yeah, there's always an action. And when you get an action, there's always going to be a reaction. Just check that out, man. You have that, if, you're gonna, if, you, <laughs> if you do the wrong action, there's going to be a reaction for who's ever around you. Amen. Especially if you're not listening. If you didn't do the law of hearing, there's going to be a law of action and reaction. Hallelujah. And the Bible declares with us some things that we need to take hold of here. But in Philippians chapter 4, he told us what to think on. 
Probably one of the greatest phrases that I ever got from the Lord came from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. But I'm going to read from verse 6 and I'm going to read down through verse 9. But God gave this to me many, many years ago. I mean many, many years ago. Uh, And I really thank God for these little sayings. I have a lot of little sayings because they brought life to me and they still bring life to me. They trigger things on the inside to help me do what? Stay steady. Stay happy in the midst of chaos. Here in chapter chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, and what is right, what is pure, and what is lovely. Amen? And this is an admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and you saw me do or saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. In the King James Version, it talks about that in the last of verse 8, it says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. What that simply means, and when I was meditating on that, going through some things, and God said, hey, what you're thinking on, does that bring life to you and praise unto me? And I thought, life to me and praise unto you? Probably not. <laughs> right? right now, I'm just frustrated trying to figure this thing out. He said, if what you're thinking on, does it bring life to you and praise unto me? Because if it doesn't bring life to you and praise unto me, it's not fit for your thought life. Why are you thinking about it? Now, somebody said, well, if I don't think about how I'm going to do something, I can't. No, it brings life to you. You've got to think about how to do your job. You've got to think. About, don't. But what I'm saying, if what you're going around and what you're thinking about is causing you to be down and, and just frustrated and causing you to be defeated, then it's wrong thoughts. Amen? Do you know when you hear one of the best, best ways to, to, to examine, when you hear somebody say something, you need to, when you walk away, you go, what kind of attitude did it bring to you? Did it bring an attitude of freedom? Did it bring an attitude of bondage? What did it bring? Amen. Did it bring life to you? Did it bring praise unto God? If it didn't, how that leads? You know, that eliminates almost 90% of the news. Amen. You look at these things and you say, hey, well, what did he say? We realize that, hey, no, we have to uh, walk in the truth of the word of God. Because Paul said this in the ninth verse. He said, those things which you've both seen in me, heard in me, seen in me, do those. So what you hear is what you see, and what you see is what you go do. We're just, we're walking out what we're hearing, what we're listening to. So we've got to guard our hearts against those things there. We've got to make sure that we're hearing right. Listening to what the voice of the Spirit is saying, but also hearing, hearing what's going on around us. Amen? And he said, listen, finally, he said, finally, finally, the final thing is fix your thoughts on what is true. Man, isn't that an amazing thing right now? What is truth? Nobody believes anybody or anything. How can you know what they're saying is true? You know, the only way you can know what anybody is saying about anything is true is by what's in your heart. And that makes people nervous. Well, who do you think you are? You think you just know everything. No, I just have the one on the inside of me that knows everything. I don't know everything. That's why I got to look to him. 
and I got to look to this word. If it doesn't line up with this, and if it doesn't bring peace in life, then I know it's not right. Fear is not of God. Chaos is not of God. Confusion is not of God. Do you guys realize that? How many know we live in a world of confusion right now? We live in a world of chaos. We live in a world that everybody wants to bite everybody and devour everybody. And that's sad. But we as the body of Christ, we can't be that. We've got to be the body of Christ. And we've got to know the truth. And we've got to walk in love. And we've got to love people. We've got to encourage people. We've got to strengthen people. Amen? Hallelujah. Because the Bible tells us in Mark's gospel, it says you've got to watch what you hear. And in Luke's gospel, it says you've got to watch how you hear. Amen? Luke 8.18 says, watch how you hear. How you hear is your attitude. How you hear is what you... What you hear is the content of what's going on out there. You know, I mean, I get... I have like four or five different news feeds that I get information from constantly. Other things too, then people send me things constantly. And so I get to hear about all this stuff and I have to sit back and go, okay, I'm going to get a little brain overload here. Let's just find out. We need to get some truth in us here. Lord, so we need to, I need to wash my brain for a second here. It's the washing of the water by the word, the Bible says. So I'm going to wash my brain here, get some things, and then just go, I'm going to decipher what's truth and what's not truth. Amen. How you know in life and in, in relationships, it's making sure that we hear right and then, that we act right. The same thing with the Word of God. If we hear and we do the sayings of what Jesus says, hallelujah, it changes everything. It changes everything in our lives. It changes everything. Amen? We, we get to see and go, oh, awesome. Why? Because there's, there's some things that we put into motion, things that we take hold. Amen? You know, it's funny because in Luke's gospel too also, it says this, that when Jesus was teaching, it says there's a whole group of people that came to hear and be healed. They came to hear some things. They came to hear. And when they heard, they acted on it. They began to act on what they heard. Amen? And just to let you know too, some things too, is that guess what? The church is going to survive. Just FYI. We've seen so many things and you get all these, you know, I don't know where they do all their surveys. I'm not sure, you know, because I think, gosh, you know, if if there's 5,000 pastors quitting every month, how do we have that many, you know, who's starting? And and how many, I mean, if they have that many, they're going to, you know, I mean, they have all kinds of crazy things that are going on and all this different stuff that's happening. And it's so good to hear uh, and see people's lives being touched. Amen? It's so good to hear and see that there is things that are happening that are going forth. And I think we need to set our sights and set our hearts on, on what is good. And that's the whole thing about it. That's what this is all about. We've got to set our sights to know, listen, we're going to finish this thing out. And we're going to finish this thing out in fire. We're not going to go, we came in in the fire, we're not going to go out in the smoke. Amen? We're going to come in with the fire in the heart of God. Same thing with our relationships, with everything we do. We start something, we want to finish it. Because God's desires, we get better and better and better. Amen? God's desires that we, we take hold of the word of God and what we hear, we put into practice in our lives. And when we put it into practice, it changes everything. It's, it's the whole parable of the sower. And we say, we're good ground. Amen? You're good ground, right? I believe that. And guess what? You're good ground. And so you're going to produce fruit. 
but you also know the truth and you're going to walk in the truth. Hallelujah. And you're going to let your light so shine. And when you do, great things will begin to happen. Great things will begin to, to come to pass. Hallelujah. And you'll be like, wow, I like this. I see what God's doing. This is good. Because God said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. And believe it or not, that's what God wants to do in every relationship that you do. That's why he gave us the institution of the church, which is what I've talked about mostly, but it's also the institution of marriage. He shows us how we can live out the gospel in those and how we give up our lives for one another and we protect one another and we care for one another. Hallelujah. Amen. And we're stronger together than we are apart. Amen. We're stronger as the church together. Man, if we, I truly believe if we could ever get the whole church to get together, I mean, you know, worldwide and actually get in unity, we would be a mighty moving force. But you can't even get 10 people to get in unity. You get them in agreement here. You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. And most, if you get 10 people together, nine of them are one of each chiefs. So, amen. And I'm going to close on this. In Hebrews chapter 5, and I believe Paul wrote the book of Hebrews, but he's writing to the, to the Christians there, the Hebrew Jews, and he says this. He said, I've got a lot of things I want to share with you, I want to do, but he said, but you're dull of hearing. And the reason he calls them dull of hearing is because what happened, the things that they were taught, the things that they've been spoken, they should have been taken, they should have been acting upon, and they weren't. See, dull of hearing just simply means you're not acting on what you heard. I mean, we do that with our kids all the time. Did you hear what I said? I told you to do. Did you hear? They're dull of hearing. They didn't hear you. And if they did hear you, they didn't act on what you said. So you knew they didn't hear you. All right. And uh, that, that's what happens. That's when they get dull of hearing. And you get dull of hearing when we don't do. We don't put it into action. And you know, one of the biggest things about most people do, the reason we don't put things in, in action, and because most people don't know how. How do I apply this to my life? Do you know the very first thing that you do is you actually agree it, agree with it, and you say it. God said he's going to meet and supply all of my needs. God is meeting all of my needs. You know, God said that he'd never leave me or forsake me. Man, I'm not alone. God is with me. Everywhere I go, God is with me because he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. Amen. You take the word of God. You've got to get the word of God in your mouth. Same thing as you've got to do that in everything about your life. You've got to speak what God says about it, and it changes everything. That's the first thing you've got to is to agree with the word. That's how you stand. Having done all to stand, stand what? Having your loins or having your, the, you know, the, the belt of truth all around you, which is the truth of the word of God. Thank God you put on the breastplate of righteousness, but you've got to have that belt of truth. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Pamela did a whole thing about that uh, with the kids over there. So I had to get a pair of my, my shorts and, and my vests and hats. And, and one of those little guys put it on. And uh, so they had to run around the room. And so everything fell off because they didn't have a belt on. So I had to get the belt of truth on them. Hallelujah. Put the belt of truth on. Everything stays because if you tie it tight enough, everything will stay on. Doesn't matter how loose everything else is, but if you've got truth on you, it'll hold up your breastplate of righteousness. It'll hold up some other things that you need. It'll help you hold up your shield of faith. Amen? It's getting a hold of the truth of the word of God. Why is it? Because this is what's going to make us stand. This is what's going to make us stand. 
Whatever Jesus says, do it. Isn't it simple? We make it hard, but it's not hard. We simply are going to agree with the word of God and do what he says. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've just shared my heart this morning. Father, just what I believe that you spoke to my heart about and to share truths with the word of God according to these people just for you. And Lord, we do honor you. We thank you and praise you, Father, because you're the one that sent Jesus for us. You're the one, hallelujah, that as you showed us in in the word that what Jesus said, these sayings of mine, if we'll hear these sayings of mine and do them, then we're blessed. Father, thank you that we are doers of the word. We declare that we are doers of the word and not hearers only. And Father, we honor you today of how wonderful you are and about how blessed that we are to be your children. But Father, if there's anybody here that doesn't know Jesus, I know I've talked to the church this morning. We've talked about marriage. We've talked about relationship. We've talked about listening and doing and hearing what God says for our own lives. But Father, your first word came to all of us that you, you loved us, that we found out that you loved the world, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Lord, thank you for sending Jesus for us. And thank you, Jesus, for hanging on the cross, for not getting off, for dying the death that you died. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for raising him up. And Lord, we thank you that we believe he's alive and well. Because that's what you said. I said, if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we would be saved. You know, that's the hard thing. The only thing, the difference between us and the world is Jesus. What does the world need? They need a relationship with Jesus. They need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's the only thing that changed us. It's the only thing that'll change them. So Father, with our heads about, our eyes are closed. Hallelujah. Lord, we just honor you and love you. We praise you and thank you. If there's anyone here under the sound of my voice or anyone watching that needs to make Jesus Christ the Lord of their life, we're not asking you to join this church. We're asking, do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Hallelujah. And if you're here and you say, you know what? I just need to know that if I died today, I would make heaven and miss hell. If you're here and you need to know that, just raise your hand. Let's, I want to pray. I don't want anybody to even miss out. I want everybody to know Jesus Christ loves them, cares. That's what it's all about. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, you need to know that. And see, when you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and it's simply that, saying, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, forgive me of my sins. Father, I believe with all my heart that you sent Jesus to die for me. And so I receive him and I take him now as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, I declare you're my Lord. And when you do that from your heart, there's a transformation that takes place. Something supernatural happens. You become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And that's as simply as it is. It's as simply as what we do, how we can do it. Father, I I pray for this congregation and I pray for this day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. Father, thank you for your joy and your peace. Thank you, Father, most of all for Jesus. And thank you for your blessing upon this time. Hallelujah. We just honor you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you for it.
And it's in Jesus' wonderful name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we're going to come back at 1 o'clock, correct? The wedding starts at 1 o'clock. That means you've got plenty of time to go get something to eat here. Let's all stand up. We do have our prayer team. If you want to pray, pray, our prayer team will be up here to pray with you. I love you. God loves you. We want you all to come back and be blessed. I love you. Be blessed. Have a great and wonderful day. And enjoy the, the Labor Day. Be blessed. You're dismissed.